This is the Friday, January 27, 2023 installment of the Market Analysis segment from Market to Market. Global forces and forecasts provided activity for both the bears and bulls in the trade. For the week, the nearby wheat contract improved nine cents, while the March corn contract added seven cents. Some seasonality, along with rains in Argentina, impacted the soy complex. The March soybean contract gained three cents, while the March meal contract increased by 9.80 per ton. March cotton expanded by 19 cents per hundredweight. Over in the dairy parlor, February Class 3 milk futures shed 18 cents. The livestock market was higher with April cattle up 90 cents. March feeders added 250. And the April lean hog contract strengthened by 72 cents. In the currency markets, the U.S. dollar index lost four ticks. March crude oil cut 233 per barrel. Comex gold, well, it added 50 cents per ounce. And the Goldman Sachs Commodity Index finished more than a point lower to close at 610.30. Joining us now, regular market analyst Sean Hackett, the road warrior. You've been all over the place, Sean. I have been. Two weeks of uh, crazy traveling, but wonderful to be back here. You're in Iowa. This is Iowa PBS, market-to-market TV show across the country. Just want to let you know where you're at. Is that good? That's good. Well, across the country, we saw, we talked about weather, talked about tornadoes in January in a lot of places, including some here last week. But we have this cold snap coming for wheat country. Then there's a forecast change on Friday. Eh, Not as bad. Are we really dependent on weather already in wheat? Well, this time of the year, we're always still worrying about winter kill. We think we had a pretty nasty spill, at least for soft red winter wheat, that we think is going to show up when we come out of dormancy. So we're always on the lookout for snow cover versus cold air coming in. It looks like there's going to be a fair bit of snow cover. It doesn't look like this one will have a bite to it like the last one, but it's very hard to pinpoint those kinds of timings until right now. So folks who've sat in your chair recently have been talking about it's not necessarily a wheat story as a United States story. Um, Have you seen stability in relations between Ukraine and Russia enough to stabilize this market? I think things are getting worse. We went from a period of hyper-worry a year ago to mass complacency today. We had a period where they worked this corridor deal that allowed a lot of of those above-ground-ending stocks to be coming out of Ukraine, ended the supply shortage for a while, but I actually think now they have to sell only what they're producing. We were talking with one of the largest producers there a week ago, 50% down in acres for the foreseeable future. I think the big shortage issue that the market traded a year ago is coming up later in 23. I think it's a big surprise, and the market's going to have to put some pricing back on. All right, so give me a little range in that price putting back on. Well, we've seen in the past when we fire up Russia-Ukraine worries, you know, we've tended to put a nine handle on the wheat market. That's just kind of what we've been doing. The chart pattern has liked to do that, and I wouldn't think that that would be an unrealistic expectation if we really got some escalation there and worry that maybe this, everyone thinks this quarter deal is going to keep getting renewed all the time, and may, you know, it may not. We're worried about Ukraine popping up again. Well, let's go back to the weather question, and this one is a social media question that we received uh, this week. This is from Vance in Nebraska. He asked us on Twitter, he says, there's a lot of talk about weather changing to be favorable. Is this mostly based on California? He says, Nebraska and South Dakota have gotten some snow, but can snow break a drought? 
it can't break a drought. I mean, it certainly can help, but you still need spring and summer weather patterns to deliver. The reason everyone's getting feeling weather's going to improve mainly is because all the weather models and all the forecasters are saying El Nino is coming for spring, summer. El Nino means cool, wet weather for the U.S., which tends to produce record yields. We disagree. We did an analysis going back to 1850 for where we are with La Nina, Southern Oscillation Index, some of these other indicators, and found that the chances for a El Nino to arrive by spring, summer this year is very, very remote. We don't think it's going to happen. We think we're going to get more of a neutral reading, and droughts reemerging can happen if you have La Nina or neutral, and that's what a big change in our forecast. So how's that impacting corn? Well, if we... Start off to, our other forecast is an early start to the planting season. means we get off to the gates good. As you said, we had some moisture this winter. People get all kind of bearish about the grain markets, but we think we could get a reemergence of this drought in the spring into the summer. And of course, the corn market's the first one to really feel a renewed drought cycle. Remember 2012, we had a very nasty setback on early planting to only find you know, the, the market you know, going back up as drought emerged. We're really, really worried about drought this particular year because of a Gleisberg 89-year cycle that we've been following that we verified for 11 centuries that's coming up for 23, 24, 25, and it has to be a year that's not El Nino. So we're kind of really wanting to make sure our customers are thinking about and preparing for what could that look like and how may they alter their cash marketing hedging. Well, what's that make the December contract look like? Because that would be when we always think of a crop, and to me, that that should be screaming much more volatility, given what you just said. Yeah, grain markets have really gotten complacent. I mean, we we were looking at option premiums the other day. I mean, they're just about as cheap as you're going to get because the market's just gone to sleep. You know, we think with the weather risk we just talked about and the geopolitical risks that we talked about. We think the market is just it's not ready for some of these big changes that are coming. And we think that when you look at a sleepy December contract that's been, you know, just slobber, slobbering around, I just think there's an opportunity there, uh, especially once we price in the early spring weather. There might be an opportunity for livestock producers to get some cash feed bought. Uh, real quick, range then. Um, do you like that December contract to, to be buying or you holding out a little bit? Because of our early spring forecast, we still think there could be some downside into that March, early April time. We're not sure we fully have priced in that kind of bearishness, but we're looking for that timing window to get our cash, our cash purchases made for our livestock producers. Tuesday, we were almost at a point, uh, there was uh, talk of you should be reowning some soybeans. And then it kind of changed as the week went on. Do you see soybeans having any more strength to them, or was this just a, a little blip this week? You know, we traded the Argentina drought. We've gotten some rains. I do think drought's probably going to come back. But, you know, it's hard to get the weather market going again once you break the back of the psychology of the market. At the same time, when we look out at the renewable diesel demand that's coming for bean oil later in the year into 24, and I look at the numbers, they don't work. They don't add up. We're talking about having... 14 million more acres, you know, our exports having to drop significantly. How much are buyers going to let the new crop soybean prices go down when we're already in the 13 level, you know, 13s? I don't know. I'm just, everyone seems to be thinking there's, you know, bearer soybeans. I, I just feel that once again, if we get an early start, soybean acres might be down, weather problems come back. I just think soybeans are likely more favorable at this point on the new crop than people are suggesting. 
favorable to bounce back because the chart we just showed, that you, you saw how it fell out of bed there in the last two weeks and then it bounced back up. So you're favorable. What's a range then on, on that November contract? Well, the chart has a strong, strong support level at 12. That doesn't mean it has to go there, by the way, but I mean, I, I, my feeling is if we got ourselves bared up on the weather problem is over, we got the big crop coming from Brazil, and we get an early start to the crop, if we saw a 12 handle on soybeans, I'm thinking that's a place for end users to be looking at cash purchases and okay. needs. All right, uh, livestock, live cattle. This is a continued uh, consumer we keep hearing about inflation pulling back. Uh, maybe the consumer, consumer has been buying beef this whole time. What's the live cattle market telling you, at least chart-wise? We've started to weaken, um, and you know, in both hogs and cattle. I just don't think the demand is going to hold up. And even though the animals are thinning out, the cattle and feed continues to show, the cattle number is coming down, I still feel there's a mismatch with demand versus supply, at least going into the second quarter. Once we get beyond that, you know, and the China has the reopening that we think is going to cause a boomerang for demand, and the effects of the Fed rate hikes kind of get in the rearview mirror. Uh, and of course, those animals continue to thin out. We're pretty optimistic the back half of 23 and 24, we could see that retention, herd rebuilding cycle like 13, 14. Well, you could make a case last week's cattle on feed said that maybe we'd already turned that corner. Do you think we have on the feeder market? I don't think we've quite turned yet. I think we're really, really close to doing it. Um, I think, you know, like once again, if the, the issue I have is if we're correct about drought coming back, there still could be a little more of that drought effect liquidating animals, and I want to be very careful about not you know, jumping the gun here. I'm really confident about drought coming back, and, I, and I, I think the more probabilistic forecast is to say later in the year is when that's really going to hit the road. All right, uh, hog market. I've kind of shorted it the last couple of weeks. I need to spend a little more time there. You mentioned China reopening. Uh, is that going to be a savior to this market? Is that why we saw finally an end to some of these tough weeks we've had? Hog prices in China, which we watch very closely, have really started to rebound significantly. Uh, cotton prices in China have really started to rebound very, very strongly. Stock market in China is up big. The currency, Chinese currency, up big. I think the capital is getting ready for this boomerang effect in the back half of 23. Obviously, pork demand is going to be beneficial to that. As much as we have not been really rebuilding the herd here, we still need Chinese demand to get the excess off the top. Do you see an expansion of the hog herd in the United States? And is that a good economic decision to make? I would have thought we would have seen it by now. I've been kind of wrong on that, thinking we would have seen the uh, expansion by now, and all we've been doing is adding weights and keeping the animals the same. I have to believe we're going to start to see some kind of a movement in the upward direction as we approach the latter part of the year, but it's supply and demand, and if China's there with bated breath to buy, that excess or increase in the herd may not be a bearish factor. Final few seconds, let's talk energy. Uh, we hear this, we're going to rebound up to $4 again on, on gasoline. We, hear, we saw it earlier in Peter's piece about uh, inputs. I have a great question about selling ahead and not clearing a profit right now. We'll get to that in Market Plus. But what I'm asking you this question is, Sean, which do you like better? You mentioned biodiesel or ethanol what do you, or crude oil. What do you like better in the next quarter here of 23? In the energy complex, I mean, I really like energy as a whole. When you look at the strategic petroleum reserve selling ending, you look at the inventories in the U.S. falling off a cliff, you look at potential geopolitical escalation and 
Russian demand uh, supply coming off, I really feel that's a, the, the, the energy complex is looking for some better prices here. And we'll continue that in a moment. Sean Hackett, good to see you. Thank you. Thanks, Paul. Always glad to be here. All right. That will do it for uh, this analysis. We're going to pause it for a moment. We'll continue that discussion. Your questions in our Market Plus segment. You can find that on our website of markettomarket.org. Winter days and nights can be filled with a little reflection and learning. Head back to school with our Market to Market Classroom project. Go to markettomarket.org slash classroom to get enrolled today. Next week, we talk to one producer about founding, finding life and work since they've returned to the family farm. Thank you so much for watching. Have a great week.